Hello and welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Com Squad, First Civ Div. Bad I almost said Badger Company. Reject Company. <laughs> You've got Rhodes HK John here as your host with Griever. Griever Blake. That's me. Killer Don Don is not with us today. We we tried to wait for him. I think maybe he fell asleep. We don't know. Who knows? But he's not here. It's, um, we're very sad, but the show must go on. So here we are. So Sleeping uh, the bender off. Yeah. Probably most likely. Although I think he was just playing video games last night. But video game. Bender. Stardew Valley. He got on Stardew Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had time for that show anymore. Well, I also need to fix my computer. So there's that too. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um. So, how was uh how was your week, Blake? Let, I think we should start doing that. Oh, okay. Chit chat. Uh, yeah, the week was pretty was good. Week? I will say that uh, with the influx of multitudes of people here in more southern Florida, uh, it of course has wreaked havoc on the housing market. But for mm. my business in particular, uh. I do not have that many uh, trucks available for rentals. Ah. But the storage is 99% occupied, so I can't complain. Oh, so there you just don't have... Wait, man, that seems backwards, because you just said that... You're just talking about an influx of people moving there. Mm-hmm. And you said that there aren't... Wouldn't that mean you'd have more U-Haul trucks? Because people would be bringing them there. Well, all the people that wanted to get away from everybody else uh, decided to take off and go more north. Okay, so there's an outflux of people now. Like northern Florida? Yeah, heading up to northern Florida. Or actually, Um, you know what? Tennessee was a big state that people were moving to. And the Carolinas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're staying in the south then. Yeah. Right now, I, I can't blame them, because I'm in Ohio at the moment, and it's snowing. It's very cold here. I hear Ohio is horrible. Now, I will say that there's another podcast out there. That I to. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, I, uh, I have, there's another podcast that I listen to, and they, uh, they complain about Ohio. So, for someone that's mm-hmm. up in that area, is Ohio a good place, or do you think it kind of sucks? I don't know. I, I live in Michigan. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the podcast, but I live in Michigan, and I mean, I do hate our governor, and the voter base sucks, but um, it, it seems mostly all right there. I, you know, I don't, especially northern Michigan is nice. It's really rural, a lot of woods. And then we've got the UP, the Upper Peninsula, which I think a lot of people don't even actually know it exists. But Michigan is actually two peninsulas, if you look at the map. Um, but if you get north of, like, Saginaw, it's pretty nice in Michigan. It's a lot of backwoods, small towns. I know, I visited. It's very, very pretty up there. Yeah. Um, but I, it's kind of dingy, though, in, in the south, and, like, Saginaw and... Of course, everybody knows of Flint because they fucked up their water. Which yeah, the only like thing I know about Flint is I drove by it and didn't stop. Yeah, yeah, it's generally <laughs> a good policy. <laughs> um, but then there are a lot of small towns like outside of the cities, which is where I grew up. And I don't really think there's much of anything wrong with it. Although definitely the real estate is. I think real estate's going up everywhere. Like I bought my house for. 30,000, which I, and I think that was in 2013. It's worth like mm-hmm. 75,000 last I checked about a year ago now. So it's, it's definitely been shooting up here too. Mm. So I, I think that's happening everywhere. I don't really know what the deal is. So uh, some people told me it's because of these big companies buying up real estate, but I, I, uh, I don't know if that can account for, for all of it. I, I don't, I don't well, think what any you're saying, company really has that kind of money. Well, there are companies that have that kind of money, but I will say what you're seeing down here in Florida is a gross shift towards uh, massive 
buying of property, like buying huge tracts of land and then turning it into HOA communities. Oh, um, okay. Oh. And I HOAs. I despise HOAs too. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that seems to be what's happening here. And with them coming in and doing that, of course, they're driving, you know, setting their own prices for selling the homes, driving the retail price market up for housing. And then, uh, yeah, it's, you went from seeing rents down here, you know, anywhere between like 13 to 1800. Now they're rents anywhere between, you know, 2000 to $3,000. Ah, it's like little California though, down there now. Yeah. Except not like, quite as good a weather. We're not, even in, we're not even in South, South Florida. You know, we're at the top of, you know. Like um, middle. Yeah. yeah. I remember going there. It seemed like a nice yeah. place. It is. It's still that, nice. But... Over the road days. I made it out there twice, I think. Didn't I? Or was it just once? Yeah. Once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're looking at moving too because it's not just like a nice little sleepy town anymore it's getting pretty was it when you moved there oh yeah it was oh okay it didn't seem like it when i went there it seemed pretty city-ish like there was a it lot was of yeah there. It, was, it was spread out it wasn't as dense now it's getting denser and denser oh yeah 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 i was talking to someone on this discord group that i'm on I was talking about uh I guess it works for some kind of housing commission or some shit. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the problem with the housing prices were too high and, you know, people couldn't afford to get housing. And she said that the, the problem was, was these like certain like suburbs, the, the suburban mm-hmm. communities would prevent like apartment complexes from being built there. Like low cost yeah. apartments from being built. And, uh, I'm just thinking, like, well, yeah, it's because they don't want their sub- suburb to turn into a ghetto. That, that's why. And uh, well, well, but, I would say, uh, looking at it, um, so the way they calculate market value for a home is by comparing it to sales in the area, in the in the in the little district around the area, right? Mm-hmm. So. Market values, market values for homes are supposed to be based off of that, you know, group. So, like, say, in this area, you know, homes have sold for around this much. Um, when you see people moving into an area, though, you can start seeing grossly inflated prices because when people put their house up for sale, especially with, like, agents and whatnot, you start a bidding process. And by that bidding process, you can start seeing grossly inflated prices if someone really wants to buy a home in that area. Uh That's how the prices get inflated. Uh, Or you can see people that have, you know, they are retail investors coming in and buying properties that they want to rent. Or uh, perhaps they want to buy a whole, perhaps they eventually want to buy out a whole area and have a block of houses that they have rented. If they wanted to get a true market price, realistically, what they should not be doing is taking into account the bidding prices on homes or taking into account, you know, these investors buying up these homes for any ask price that they're going to outbid someone. Um, I think another factor with that as far as uh, value on homes is the appraisal process. Uh, The appraisal process that counties will go out there and appraise homes at certain values is pretty arbitrary. You can't appraise a home based off of its sale price because the sale price was someone's feelings of what the house is worth versus its actual value. Like, I'll give you an example here on appraised price versus retail price. When we expanded the storage facility, that was a $3 million project. When they came in to appraise the storage facility, they said it was worth $10 million. Oh. Now yeah, I know yeah. I didn't sink. I know I know we didn't sink ten million into the property. That was a three million dollar loan from the SBA. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to uh, stop you there because Don just showed up. Killer Don Don just showed up. 
Welcome, man. Learn to call me if you can't get a hold of me. Hmm. We figured you just went back to sleep. I did. I did go back to sleep. <laughs> we we were right. Well, welcome. I'm glad you made it. We actually had just we're just talking. Um, we haven't even started any topics or anything. Because last week, and I'm glad you're here, Don. Because we were going to talk about uh, marriage. If you recall. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. So we definitely have very different, at least two different, very different uh, approaches to marriage here on the podcast. So a little history. I've, I've been married twice, and uh, and Don's been married thrice, three times. Blake is still married and uh, has been married for how long now, Blake? Oh, shit. You put me on the... Uh... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Since 04, so about to be... You better have an answer. Oh, my God. 18 Since years. 04, it's 22. Yeah, 18 years. It's about to be 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, also uh, the same year that Don and I met, actually, in Iraq. May 15th, 2004. That's when we got married. I was in Iraq when you got married. Yeah, we were yeah. busy doing, you know, protecting the country and making you safe and free in Iraq. You were back here in the States, you know, going on hunting. Getting laid. Popping yeah. bottles. That's what I was doing while you were over there. I was popping bottles. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Don't worry. I had a shot for both of you. No bullshit. You didn't even know me yet. Yeah, I don't think you did know Don. I don't even know no. if I knew you. I think you might have been in Japan or something. Uh, I didn't know you yet, Don. You are correct. I was just trying to make you feel better. Uh, John, while I did not know you, stories drifted across the Pacific from the shop about you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Not, you had to tell me. <laughs> no, it was just, you know, everybody talks about the new guys that come into the shop and whatnot. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I got Okay, that's interesting. It was Gunny Morrison when I got there. Wait, no, no. No, I got there in late 2002, so I don't know. Maybe but then I went to Kuwait almost immediately. You know, yeah. Almost immediately, yeah. For my first tour. No, but yeah, I think Gunny Morrison was still there when you were there. He was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got there. It was late 2002 and like in the first few days, it's like, all right, so when can I go to Iraq? And Gunny Morrison said, who said anything to you about going to Iraq? Because the thing is, like, not, none of the shit had started there yet. But to me, it just seemed obvious. It's kind of like an unfinished business thing. And like, well, come on, we're not not going to Iraq. And then a <laughs> month later, I was I was on the uh You were on the list. Plane. Yeah. Um. But that's why what I signed that? up. So I wanted to go. What was that bullshit MOS they made up for all of us going over there? Ninety nine sixteen. Ninety nine sixteen. That's it. They didn't make that up. I think it's basic rifleman. Is the uh, billet? It's a billet. Yeah. Or something like I think, that. I think it was fucking basic marine is what it turned into. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they say every marine is a basic rifleman, they mean it. Yeah. It does not matter what your job is. I was an avionics tech. It, it gave me a rifle and sent me over. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It was all right. Um, yeah, so anyway. So when I've now you been... were one of the best trained riflemen there. You just weren't necessarily trained in rifleman stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, we all went through MCT, so. We did. We all went through MCT, except for the grunts. Yeah, all the pogues went through and and, uh, MCT. Um, So yeah, so I've been married twice. Don has been married three times, and we're getting our divorces wrapped up at the moment. (laughs) And um, so we we, we've been talking about it, and uh, we think, and we're gonna get married next next summer because it's been. I, so there, there are different, few different factors to that. I think. I mean, one is, is that uh, 
we've both made horrible decisions as far as getting married in the past. So now, if I were to get married again, like to a woman or Don, and we would at least have to divorce divorce each other before we could could get into another marriage, which would give us at least a few months. But we've committed to five years of before getting married to a woman. So to and heal. Uh, no, to get to know a woman. No, <laughs> okay. So the deal is, if I were to say, Don, I love this woman, I want to marry her. Don says, okay, five years. You have to wait five years. You know, to get a divorce. You just have to, you just have to be dating five years. Before dating five years, so I mean, what, no matter what, what there, there still has to be at least a six month period of you know us getting divorced, too. Well, without kids, it's less if it's uncontested. But well, I'm, we could I'm gonna hop it. in an interviewer here if that's okay. Yeah, so, sure. so, so what brought you two to the decision of the five year time frame? Well, we hadn't actually even decided that until I think last week. We hadn't nailed down the, the actual time frame, as I recall. Because you were there, Blake, and we were all talking about how that would, would pan out. And uh, I think you asked your wife, how long should you wait before <laughs> you marry someone? And Don just came out and said, five years. And the thing is, it's like, why be in a hurry to get married, you know? No, I, I I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think me and Michaela were we were dating for a year, and then I think we spent another year planning the wedding. So two years, yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I guess that you know, it, I mean, Don throws out five years. Hey, you know. That's probably uh, that's definitely weeding out anyone who has commitment issues, and definitely giving a accurate enough time frame to get some red flags. You know, mm-hmm. if there's going to be red red flags thrown. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we've got to point out red flags to each other too, and that's tough, but it's got to be done. So. Um, but but that's assuming we even have like relationships. I mean, so it, it's going to be an open marriage because Don and I are not interested in fucking each other. So, so it's more of like a mutual support arrangement and prevention of making any kind of hasty derision decision. Yeah, well, that's part of it. But the other part of it is is the institution of marriage has fucked me over. And uh, <laughs> and we kind of want to just fuck it back, in a way. So this is our way of uh, giving a huge middle finger back to uh, to marriage, because we're we're just using it for all it's worth, and uh, totally too. abusing it. So uh, so yeah, so it's the abuser abusing back. Or well, no, I, no, it doesn't make any sense. The abused abusing back. I, I don't know. You, you get the idea. So well, the idea well, is, I guess, well, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. Is that we'd be married to each other, and then just date women because we like women, and it would be an open marriage. Okay. I have to turn the mic over to uh, Killer Don here. Your thoughts? Is there anything you would like to add? No, my future wife was doing a pretty good job talking for me the entire time. Fine. Okay. No, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Another another big factor in it is that realistically, if a woman can't handle that John and I are married in like a non-gay way, then realistically she wouldn't understand half the shit we're doing anyway on just you know random shit jokes games shit like that so there's no point in having around anyway okay so you're also using this as maybe a method of testing the waters to see if or yeah a filter so to speak uh to 
see if there's uh, see if this individual that you're potentially wanting to date would have any problem with your lifestyles and you know general uh, general outlook on life. Hmm. And yeah, I, disregard for most moral and, and uh, social standards. Yes. Okay. Uh, no disregard. Yeah. Yeah, fuck social standards. I've been fucked over by that enough. I'm done. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. No, fuck that. Well, I'm gonna... uh, it, oh. It's also like MGTOW as fuck, if you think about it. So anyone that doesn't know it, MGTOW is men going their own way. Basically, you're saying a lot of them, it's men that have been screwed over by divorce. But uh, it's men... Uh, basically saying, well, they're not going to get married. Maybe they'll hook up with women or not. But they're just uh, like kind of checking out of the the whole marriage and potentially even oh, okay. dating scene. So the, um, the, the opposite of the feminist movement kind of thing. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe kind of. Kind of, yeah. I mean, feminists hate MGTOW. MGTOW probably is not fond of feminists, I imagine. Yeah. And yeah, there are people. People go different different directions with it, but but you know, it's it's like we're so outside of the whole marriage thing that we're marrying each other just to prevent that. You know, so we can't marry women. Like it's it's MGTOW as fuck, which was not the intention. Like I'm not a MGTOW. I mean, I guess I it's shaking out that way, but. Well, yeah, I have to. I, I'm, okay. I'm not. I don't know enough about this MGTOW organization to acknowledge its existence one way or the other. But yeah. one, but one deciding factor on me wanting to get remarried is because I finally want to do a wedding the exact way I want to do it. Because it'd be <laughs> fucking fun. Yeah, I've yeah, done three yeah. of them already, and they all suck. Well, before <laughs> we jump on that, I just wanted to ask one more question from our uh, Twitter feed. Okay, uh, Twitter feed? people on Twitter want. I'm. Just making interviewer jokes, okay? Oh no, I didn't realize you guys. Well, what the hell, interviewer producer? Why don't you have fucking the Twitter feed set up set up for us yet? <laughs> Jesus. So, I uh, I wanted to ask your thoughts on the um, the idea of marriage as exists. Not saying it has to be Christian marriage or anything like that, but the idea of marriage versus the ins legal institution of marriage as is within the United States. Because in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion, they are two very separate things. It should be. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, uh, have any opinion on the real institute and emotion of a, of a true marriage, just because I've never been in one. But I've been in three of the United States versions. Yeah. Yeah. And they suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, that that's something that could really like the whole gay marriage issue would never have been an issue if the state would have just <clears throat> um issued out let, let's say civil unions to everyone. So if you want to, you know, get legally binded to, or whatever, you go to a courthouse and you, you get your civil union or whatever. If you want to yeah. get married, you go to a church or whatever. You can have what kind, of, you know, whatever kind of marriage you want. If that would have been the case the whole time, because nobody's—I don't think anyone really thinks that that it's wrong for two adults to enter into whatever kind of contract they want to enter into. It's just the correlation, which is what the state-sponsored marriage is. It's just a legal contract between two people. Right. Like, that's that's really it. Um, but, you know, they call it marriage. And, and then people have a hard time separating the two. And they are separate. So they are. One's just a, 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 a contract. And then the other thing is generally religious, but sometimes Or a life choice. Not. I I think yeah. that I think that marriage and the sense of the idea of marriage, especially just two individuals who want to spend life together, and they want to be devoted to each other, and join their lives together, and that should have nothing whatsoever to do with the state. Uh, on the other hand, though, you have uh, idiot policies being put out, like the Defense of Marriage Act and all that, where they're trying to bind marriage to one religion, and I think that's an idiotic posture that has created a lot of problems. 
Well, so I think it's more than just one religion. But, huh? Whenever you mix religion and government, then yes. Yeah. It does create stupid problems. That's why those two should not be mixed. Very much so. And a lot of it has to do with insurance and shit like that. But even so, still, just take the word marriage out of it. Call it a civil union or some shit. And there you go. Insurance Probably companies have too much invested in it now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that the legal side of it, the state and federal side of it and all that, uh, has been abused so much so to where you're absolutely right. Uh, it's making it to where people don't even want to get married because they feel that there's way too much risk in getting married. And that's kind of sad. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. And I think this is less true. Is I, I think it's been getting better, but I think certainly in the past, it's been much more of a risk to men uh, than women, generally speaking. Um, but I think it's been getting better, but I think definitely men have been getting like the, the shit end of that stick for a long time, especially when it comes to custody and kids and everything. Yeah. So, but like I said, I think that's been slowly shifting over time. Yeah. Well, I say I, th- I think we should probably move on from the negative side of things and, you know, sad things like that. And uh, let's go with uh, Killer Don here. The wedding of your dreams. Yeah, we're going to have pirates. Fuck yes. Pirate themed. Blake is going to be our flower girl slash officiator. Damn straight. Much as I would like a dwarf Johnny Depp. I do respect that Blake is really excited about it. So, I am very excited about it. But I would understand if you were to find that person, absolutely. <laughs> sure to find the perfect person. Yes. We could do a dwarf Jack Sparrow, complete with accent, to officiate. That would be amazing. So, uh, listeners, if... if- Someone happens to know a dwarf Johnny Depp impersonator. Just shoot us a comment in uh, one of our Reddit that we have. Yeah, yeah. Or our Reddit that is let us know. so empty. Yeah, let us know. We won't miss the comment. <laughs> we will not miss it. Yeah. Um. And then. Uh, I think this is also probably a good time to inform our listeners about gay chicken. Ah, ah yes. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know how widespread it is, but in my military experience, this happens all the time. I don't think it was just us either. I, I think no, it wasn't. Common. Yeah. But, uh, well, I think it was because of an ambiguously gay feel that was prevalent throughout the Marine Corps. Oh, yeah. Because, so you think it's a Marine Corps thing? I don't think it's just the Marine Corps either. I, think, I think it's so just either. armed forces yeah, in probably, general. It's probably Army as well. Well, yeah. Army, Navy, Marine Corps. I don't know about the Air Force, though. I no, really don't Navy know about the Air actually. Force. The Navy, the Navy never really played gay chicken because they were busy hiding <laughs> in the closet. Yeah, they they they, 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 they were it, playing real gay, not not. Yeah, they they were playing for all the cards. <laughs> but uh, but so no, like yeah, they, they I mean, extra money. But uh, yeah, well, let, let's kind of explain it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through a bit of an example. So, so okay. let's say Blake is like we're in the shop, right? Because we worked in a avionics shop and. It's field day, and Blake has got a rag, and he's cleaning the counter. And I come mm-hmm. up, and I'm like, hey, Blake, what are you doing tonight, man? I give him the eyes, you know, like, mm. And then Blake, can he can do a couple of things. He can be like, hey, dude, whoa there, and bitch out, right? 
Or I but, could be like, hey, John, good looking. <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing tonight? Exactly. And then you can kind of escalate and go back and forth, right? So and eventually somebody's going to bitch out. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I think, and, and I think that it's also has something to do with displaying the ability to dissociate. Because in combat, when the shit hits the fan, being able to dissociate from your feelings is very valuable. It's You want to do that because otherwise you freak out. And I think that's sort of the, the gay chicken, I think, is, and I don't think it's a conscious, consciously done, but I think that's a way of um, military people to sort of uh, test out each other's ability to dissociate is sort of, you know, an indicator of, okay, well, this guy's going to be all right under the gun because he can dissociate his feelings from what's going on. I don't think it's just that. I think there's a bunch of layers to it. Maybe that was part of it is because there are so many layers to it. One, it's like you said, you know, feeling out the camaraderie. Two, there's humor involved. Uh, mm-hmm. Three, there's that dissociation level. And there's also, I would say, four, just a level of pranking, which was all over the place. You know, any kind of pranking uh, you know, one could do on any other was, you know, a level of humor and camaraderie. Yeah. And the reason that I wanted to bring it up in this context is because Don pointed out that what we're doing now is like one of the most epic gay chicken ever. <laughs> ever. Like, we're marrying each other. Like, yeah. I'm There's not actually a out. joke about that being a, a gay chicken, you know, a game of gay chicken that got out of hand. And there's a, there's a big joke about it. Yeah, I'd say this one's well in hand. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, I don't want to give too much up about the what we actually want to do in the wedding, because we're definitely going to record it and we'll post it somewhere, or post a link to it, maybe on the web page or something. It is going to be a blast. It's going to be a It'll party. Be pirates and strippers. Yeah, I don't want to promise too much. I would love for there <laughs> to be strippers there, but. We'll see. Well, you already had the inside scoop on getting strippers there, John. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to get them to go somewhere, though, because they're all worried that you're going to kidnap them and they're going to end up like, you know, their skin is going to end up as a mask and a bodysuit for somebody or whatever. Um, yeah, that it's tough. I don't know, but I've got a year. Well, not a year, but I've got, I've got time. We'll see. Yeah. I, uh, because I mean, you, you, you could, you'd have to get, you'd have to get we'll a, see. oh, go a, ahead, like an escort or, or no, they have people that show up for parties. Like, that's a service yeah. that it does. Rippers. Yeah. Huh. What do they call it when they come to your house, though? Strippers? Isn't there a different word? Oh, I no. <laughs> hmm. Are you thinking escort service, John? Because that's totally different. Those are the ones that hang out yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Because people have like bachelor parties and they show up. Yeah, well, we'll see if we can find someone like that. I'm sure we could find something. Well, I do have to say, you guys have to let me know beforehand whether or not there are going to be strippers there because my flower girl costume. Sick. Well, my flower girl costume is going to depend on that. Oh. Well, also, you're, you've got to figure out. How much of it your son is going to be there for? All of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm understanding the problem, John. Okay. I I, I don't know. Usually, usually there's a, a bit of a differentiation between um, the presence of minors and strippers. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm assuming that the 
occasion where all the family is going to be there is going to be less nudity and after that and, and the uh, you know party afterwards is going to be where that all happens God, because i'm assuming other family might have children there uh you know what i am i would just like to point out for the record that blake i am really disappointed in you i thought you knew me better than this so john's we'll start family to make an announcement or something yeah, because I'm I'm pretty sure John's family might want to bring kids, you know. So if they can, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if, if they, they decide up. to come. Yeah, they're they're pretty traditional. I, they might not like the whole idea of how we're pissing on the institution of marriage, which we pretty oh. much are. Like, I, well, you're not pissing on the institution of marriage. You're pissing on I'm the legal to. institution of marriage. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, fully support it. you know you guys getting married. At, you know, so the, the legal institution. That's, you know, is what it is, so. Yeah. Well, I think it'll turn out well. I think so. But I, I thought that for my last two marriages, so. <laughs> <laughs> Who fucking knows? But we do have to It'll say, Don probably knows you better than anybody here. That's probably true. I know Don. Pretty sure he's going to make a great life partner for you. Yeah, life partner. Yeah, we, uh, Don likes to say we, we call it heterosexual life partners, but yeah, yeah, I think when you throw the heterosexual thing in there, it's a little bit homophobic, and I'd I'd rather, you know, it's like you have to say that you're not gay. Like I don't know. I I kind of like to let people wonder, but at the same time, it's like usually people aren't wondering. They're they're like oh so you're gay like it, it's well, not I, like a it's got to be sort of a wondery thing it, it's no fun if people just you know it's so such that like it's just automatically assumed it's more fun if people are more like so are you gay or are you not <laughs> and then there you know then there's uh, the in, whole social thing people, where they don't want to ask in people's defense there are lots of people that already assume we're gay <laughs> yeah. Probably, but that's okay too, I guess. But it's more fun when they kind of wonder, which I think we're gonna do. From I think we're gonna do a pretty good job with the wedding of leaving people wondering. Oh yeah. The other. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be like overtly gay. So it'll just be. It's got to be ambiguous. Well, I, I already made. I already made my plan clear. It's gonna be the gayest no homo wedding ever. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. even talk of you stepping out of a closet. Yeah, John, might, there, there, there could be closets. Details. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess we, I guess we could. I don't. Know, do we want to talk about it? Yeah, it's pretty fun. Okay. Well, I mean, so we already said that Blake is our flower girl and officiator, yeah. and then. uh so the idea is we'll have closets on either side. So instead of, you know, one of us being up there and the other walking down the aisle, at some point Blake will say, "There's time to come out of the closet," and then Don and I will come out of our respective closets and meet in the middle. And we haven't really worked out like all the words that are going to be said exactly. Um, but. The end, it's going to be, we're, we're going to have swords, like pirate swords. And instead of you mean now, kiss the bride, Blake is going to say, now you may now touch it. tips. We're going to touch tips of our swords. <laughs> <laughs> which was Don's idea, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we also plan to have a vaguely dick-shaped pirate ship. Cake. Our, our cake will oh, be a big, big okay. shaped pirate ship. I will let Michaela so, know. She will love making that cake. Oh, there you go. We have a cake maker. I yes. forgot that she used to work at bakery. She used to make cakes privately, too. Oh, okay. I'll, oh, have, her send you, I'll have her send you guys her uh, portfolio. I just assumed those were cream pies. <laughs> oh. Oh. She made cream pies. 
Can oh, a woman yeah. really make cream pies, or isn't that more the guy making it? I don't know. I, I guess the, it's like... I think the guy mixes the ingredients. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our uh, that's our, our take on marriage nowadays. We think it'll be fun. We're definitely going to have it recorded. So, Although, I don't know if we can record strippers. I think generally they um, want you to do that. Yeah, no, generally not. So, there, so that part of it will probably not be recorded. But we'll we'll keep pasties and muff covers. It'll be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So I won't be totally naked. Yeah, it might be fun if like we can get them to show up and just be part of the audience, and then like after everything's done, they just like the music comes on, and they just take I mean, their clothes yeah. off. They're there for the wedding. I mean, they should participate like, in the festivities. I mean, nobody shit. knows. Think, well, I think it'd be fun to to have them interrupt and do a Jerry Springer type fight with the objections. That's what I. Think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then start getting naked. <laughs> oh God! I vote. I vote. We have a Jerry Springer style interruption at the at the. Are there any objections? And it devolves between. And it's between two strippers. And it devolves into a mud into a jello wrestling match. That's what I. <laughs> so we will randomly have a a uh, tub of jello at the wedding. Yeah. For some reason. Just in the middle in the middle of the aisle that everybody has to walk around and with no explanation. <laughs> Just middle of the aisle, no explanation at all. Yeah. That's. Okay. A lot of jello. I'm sure we could manage yeah. it. <clears throat> we have to have a large refrigerator to make it. Yeah. Oh, I guess you could just make it in smaller batches and then dump it in the kiddie pool or whatever it is. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we'll have to find like decent strippers too that are actually. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, we we've got some time. Actually, we probably really should start working shit out for this. Yeah, <laughs> it's less than a year now. It's like six months. It's like we're talking about all this shit like it's just gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Typical men planning something. Right. <laughs> well. Anyway, oh, we also were talking we about men planning something because you know we have all of the ideas and we've already established that Michaela will be cooking. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're right on par. <laughs> yeah, Don't ask well, me to bake the cake. It just looked like a turd boat at that point. It's like we want all this stuff, but I I don't know. Like that's a lot. We'll see what we can do with it. We can make it happen. I'm sure we'll make some. Like, and we were also talking about, because there's this place near where I live where you can forge your own, at least knives. I imagine you could do swords there. You can do swords, get on too. Top of that. Yeah, there you go. So we, we could fashion our own pirate swords for the wedding. That would be cool. Yeah. Like self-made. Or, or we could do each other's swords. Oh, it's yeah. wedding gifts. Those yep. are the rings. Yep. Exchange swords. Oh, yeah. Instead of the rings, we exchange swords and touch tips. Yeah. yeah. And then touch tips, yeah. That we made for each other. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. And that's something we can do. You might have to call the place up to see what it would cost. I'm sure we can manage that. Yeah, call them up, find out time and money. I'll explain the whole thing. Like, yeah, I'm marrying my buddy, and we want to have make swords for each other for the wedding. <laughs> That'll be a fun conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. No, just just because you never know if there's some traditionalist one in their life. We're not do We're not letting gays in here. No. Well, as money. you say that, I was having the middle image of this big burly blacksmith guy, and you telling him the story, and then a tear comes to his eye, and he's all like, "I'll show you how. <laughs> I will show you the way." These will be the <laughs> way hey, look, in all these kingdoms, 
<laughs> if this whole thing works out like we imagine, not just the wedding, but just the, the the arrangement in general, I think that's like a dream for every man, really. It's like just to be married right. to another dude, fuck women, you know, <laughs> and be married to another dude. I mean, come I'm on. sure there are plenty. I'm sure there are plenty of people in the same camp. Yes, and hopefully this yeah. story emboldens we're, we're them a to. Exactly. Hopefully, this story em- emboldens them to forge their own path as well. Right. We are potentially creating a new marriage movement. Oh. Yeah. We are. Yeah. It's uh, Marines leading the way there. <laughs> I think that's the Rangers um, thing. That's probably not. Rangers lead the way. Yeah. Yeah, but nope, not this time. Oh, we are, me. we are the, we are the points of the spear, tip of the, the spear. tip of the spear. We're, we're just the tip. <laughs> oh, yeah, just the tip. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that it would be a good thing for people to do it more. Huh. And then uh, it's probably not very good for like making babies and raising children, but. Uh, We've both done that, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. For later in life, if you if you're divorced and you've got a good friend to marry, I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, obviously, since I'm doing it. So, and the funny thing is, I've talked about doing that with with uh, you know friends in the past. It was just like, yeah, yeah, joke, whatever, laugh it off. And then like, I bring it up to Don, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, yeah. I never turned down a game of gay chicken. <laughs> <laughs> to the point of getting married. You both have I your tragic really... backstories with which to set off on this adventure with, so. Yeah. What? Oh, I was just sick I was of making the field a joke about the, yeah, I was making a joke about, you know, all adventurers in D&D have a uh, tragic backstory. So, I was saying both of you have your tragic backstories to set off on this adventure with. Oh, I think in the next campaign I'm going to run next character I make. I am going to run the backstory of of the of the divorced ex-wife who still lives in town. He's just trying to get away because she annoys him. Hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, man, that'll be awesome, because I could run the backstory of, like, the same exact backstory, but from a different town, and we <laughs> meet in a tavern. Like, yeah, I had the same thing. You know what? <laughs> what we should do? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> it would be. Oh, man. But we're stuck in the campaign we have at the moment for a while, so. Yeah. It would actually, it would be fun for the evil campaign, too, if if that's what we end up doing. Oh, yeah. It's like, and we'll be ducking child support. That's. (laughs) Because we're evil. All right, well, it's canon now. That's what's happening. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I also think just to be evil, more evil. I think my my character is going to be a socialist. Oh, it doesn't get much more evil than that. No, it doesn't get much more evil than that. So I want to starve twenty million people. Looking to beat the record. Um, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. I don't know. It's probably <laughs> not good to make it. Make our podcast campaigns too political. I mean, that's not it's fine. Cool, it's, that's... it's already gone that road. Has it? The campaign? Arguably, yes. The campaign, not I'm... so much. Oh, um... yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's fine for this podcast. It's kind of what we're doing. Like, that's part of the point of it. Um, yeah. But for, for D&D, I, I think that's a bad idea. And try to keep it light. Yeah, it's a horrible plan. <laughs> for, for D&D. Uh, shit. I've done that in the past. Gotten too much politics mixed up in a campaign. It pretty much destroys the campaign when that happens. Back when I was running Besom and 
I ran the. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was that one planet you went to, and it was full of like SJWs and uh, like the woman with the pink hair was like the the leader. And oh yeah, it, it was not great. It didn't it didn't come out that great. Or the, or the planet where there was the hippies that were just lazy and useless, and then you guys killed a bunch of them, and nobody cared because they were hippies. And yeah, it's it's not. Good. I, I I learned from experience that it's best not to bring that into D and D. Yep. So I will not do that. But escaping child support is okay. For D and D, I think. Whatever uh, motivates you to go off on your adventures. <laughs> I was escaping the ex-wife is actually more fun than the whole idea of escaping child support. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Then we, and then we can find a cleric to marry. Blake, you should play a cleric then, and then you can marry. Yeah. Hey, who am I okay. kidding? You're going to be running the campaign, so I'll make an NPC cleric just for you guys. Yeah. Dressed up as a flower girl. If Don and I are both playing in the campaign, then you're pretty much going to be running it. Pretty. Because <clears throat> I don't think any of our new guys, other people, are they new? I don't know how new they are. I know uh, Sam is newer. Yeah, newer. I don't think they're going to run a campaign anytime soon. Unless it's 5e. I think someone volunteered to run 5e, but I don't remember who. But now we don't like 5e, so... Oh, Todd? Oh, he's not even with us anymore. Well, he's uh, He's still there. He'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He he could probably run a 2e campaign just fine. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's not a matter of if he could. It's a matter of if he would. And I think it could be the case that Todd is in the mindset that, oh, that's a new system. I don't want to touch it as far as running a campaign, right? Regardless of, you know, whether he could or not, I think he's got that kind of mentality where unless he's played the system, he's not going to be willing to run it. Uh, I I don't know. I, uh... He was enjoying that to criticize him. No, 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 yeah. He was enjoying the 5e games he was playing, and I think because he became familiar with it, he would have been willing to run one, yeah. I, right, I think, arguably, he could probably run a good campaign. It's, uh, I don't know how familiar he was with the 2nd edition Pathfinder, though. But I think so we I decided we were going to do... I run the, uh, the, the uh, Guild of Ravnica one. Yeah, I, I, I got... The Guild of Ravnica one. Yeah, I bought the Guilds of Ravnica 5e book, which... Because I like Guilds of Ravnica from uh, Magic the Gathering, for anyone who's not familiar. Um, I really like the setting. But And then we started, someone was, we started getting all that shit from uh, well, Hasbro. Wizards, yeah. Whoever. Like how they're it's fucking Hasbro. up D&D. With yeah, D&D they next. were fucking with the open license. Which doesn't specifically affect me. Like, I generally don't even mess with third-party content anyway. But it, there is the principle there. So. Well, I think part of I'm the sticking whole, my principles. Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole big uh, legal dispute and all that was their original... Originally, it seemed like they were attempting to remove the... Uh, SRD materials that were under the 1.0 license. Had they done that or been attempting or even have attempted to do that would have removed so much material that has now become kind of a public product. Um, They've already backtracked on that. Um, But what they're saying is that with the 5.1 SRD materials, uh, for 5th edition D&D, and everything going forward is going to be under this new license. Um, and that's basically really putting a lot of stuff on the chopping block <laughs> that would have been public material going forward. 
Hey, what does SRD stand for? I actually don't uh, know. Uh, like source reference documents. Oh, okay. So I go to that website all the time for Pathfinder SRD, but I've never known what it stood for. We'll see for Pathfinder, their SRD is all the next source materials that they <laughs> use for like their classes, all that stuff they've put up under uh, OGL. And so anybody oh. can reference that as a third party person and make things around it. Yeah. Um, so and a lot of the I, stuff I, in oh good. Well, <laughs> a lot of the me. stuff under Pathfinder's SRD also references stuff under Wizards of the Coast's uh, 1.0 license. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for instance, let's say Owl Bears. Right? Owl Bears came up and they were statted out with D and D 3.0, and so when Paizo took and moved their Owl Bears over to the Pathfinder game their owlbear is referencing 1.0 OGL for Wizards of the Coast owlbears. They're just mm-hmm. restated them for Pathfinder, right? Okay. Um, so if they go out and they say that the 1.0 license is gone, well, now Pathfinder can't have as their source reference owlbears at all. Yeah. They, they would have to call something them something else. The thing, yeah. They could make something that's pretty much the same thing, but it wouldn't be an owl bear anymore. It could or, be a bear owl. Yeah, it could be a bear owl instead. <laughs> and they would have to, or, you know, describe pig. it, describe it differently. You know, it's it's a whole weird little dispute thing like that. But they've yeah. pretty much scrapped the idea of doing away with the 1.0 license. But they're saying everything in fifth edition moving forward is going to be under this new. Um, 1.2 OGL, as they're calling it, and the legal language surrounding all of that is really turning off a lot of third-party publishers, which, as we all know, D&D has been reliant upon now for a long time to keep the fan base going. Mm. Well, I, I... unless you're unless you're people like us who use our own custom homebrew shit anyway. Yeah, we do. I I've, I don't think I've ever run an actual published setting for D&D. I can't think of a single campaign that I run. I've used some aspects of, of the settings, but never straight up ran a campaign in a pre-established setting. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah, referenced some... Time. I mean, we've referenced third-party shit, I think, before that we've you know looked at or you know, gotten a book for here and there, but most of the campaigns we've ran have all been custom campaigns. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I, I bought the, um, PDF for Pathfinder 2E advanced, the advanced core book, whatever. Oh, you did? Yeah. I forget what they call it. What, I what was the second APG, one? I think. APG. Yeah. They, and, and they have kobolds now as a player race in there. Which I was so surprised and very excited. I'm excited about that. Because <laughs> the thing is, it, like, kobolds are, they, they make kobolds into, like, a main player race now. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think. And, I think it's awesome, too. <laughs> and cat people, too. For the furries. They call them cat people, cat folk or something. Yeah. Never been into cat people, but. I'm excited about kobolds. At some point, I'm going to play kobold wizard, probably. Is its name going to be Callus? I don't know. I haven't decided. Okay. That 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 character is just kind of old now. Like I've I throw it into every campaign, I throw it in, and it's just like I don't know. He's a recurring character. Yeah. Might be might be overplayed. Although, I, like I feel like I have to because now. It's like right there as a main playable race. You know what? Just make it as. <laughs> well, no, if John. It's... Now what you do is you do, you do Kalis, the son of Callus. Oh yeah. Go there. Oh, there you go. And it's Star Trek themed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does kind of run into Star Trek. He'll, yeah. he'll have to be a warrior, I guess. 
fucking pod, the son of Callus. I don't care. Oh, okay. It wasn't a bad thing. You don't have to. Yeah, that's like the Klingon, like mythic hero person. It's Callus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, my bad. It was just. It was a name that popped in my head that were, that was close yeah. to Callus. No, I liked it. Uh, no, somewhere in the back of Don's mind, he's heard that name before, and that's why uh-huh. it popped up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but it wasn't tied to a point of reference, and so... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm glad that they did that. I, I was very surprised. I didn't think Kobolds would ever be like a mainstream race. And there they are. I think the whole problem that's happening right now with Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast is they don't remember how over 20 years ago this same exact problem happened. With, oh, did it? Uh, yeah. The, well, the whole reason why Wizards of the Coast owns TSR now is because TSR started trying to legally challenge all these third-party people out there that were making homebrew shit or third-party shit for their content and basically burned through TSR's money in litigation and courts. And that's how Wizards of the Coast acquired them. And then Wizards of the Coast said, genius plan, make the OGL and promote people using their content because it will promote people enjoying the game. And that's how we got third edition. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I don't. I don't think what they're doing is going to be successful. I think they're. they're <laughs> no. The the foot. Oh, they're Absolutely. definitely picking up a rope. It's going to be. We just got to see how long it takes them to figure it out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. When are they going to correct course? Is, is another question. So, yeah. I don't know. Hey, I, I don't know why anyone thought that down. would be a good idea. I, I don't I don't get it because a lot of them a lot of game in that and not just D and D but just video games have done this too why they think like that's successful because I mean Xbox had the whole debacle with being having to be online to play and everything at one point when they came out with I think the Xbox One or something and they had to and they they had to sort of renege on that because they got a lot of blowback from it like oh yeah anytime they try to lock down the the legal shit on that to to control it more to make more money it almost it pretty much always fails like i I don't know why they people keep trying it it's kind of an like an ayn randian principle where when you try to squeeze the the creators and the people you try to squeeze the makers to get more out of them they just disappear oh yeah that's how it goes which is the problem with communism too by the way it's a little well i will say um already a lot of people are saying that paizo um you know pathfinder they are making a much better version of the ogo uh, and their version of it, the ORC or Orc, and yeah. uh, it's already gotten its name, also, um, and apparently, fifteen hundred third-party content or or media are signed on to it, and oh, okay. it is now taken. On, it is now taken on the name of the Orc Horde. <laughs> oh, how yeah. cute! The yeah. Orc Horde of creators. Yep. Now they're yeah, saying I, join the join the Orc Horde. Join the Horde. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I think that the the Paizo is gonna sweep the the D and D scene in the near future, for the near future. I mean, I jumped off D and D. I think some time ago. I played Fourth Edition a little bit because my friends. Uh, that I were playing, that I was playing with at the time, or that's what they were doing. Yeah, and you know it was all right, I guess. Like, 
it was not an improvement over third edition. But um but yeah, and then and then uh Pathfinder came out and I switched to Pathfinder and I think that's I, I when everybody really I think that's when a lot of people jump ship. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean obviously not everyone because there's still people I mean fifth edition is pretty popular. But yeah. it's gonna it's not gonna be much longer, I think. Once this sort of you know, you give it time for the effects to pan out. Especially with D and D next, like turning it into a subscription based thing. Like Yeah. That's good for Paizo though, I guess. Like they're I'm sure they'll be able to capitalize on that in a big oh, way. Oh yeah. They'll win bigly. As the God Emperor would say. <laughs> win bigly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that um, I got to get going here pretty soon and uh, actually do some work. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and close it out unless somebody's got something else they want to bring up. No, I think we uh, I think we talked about what we wanted to talk about and then veered off on a uh, tangent for there for a while. Yeah, well, that's kind of the point. I mean, that was my vision for the cut podcast is that it's really about oh, yeah. the tangents more than the plan so oh yeah it, it worked as intended all right well, well thanks I everyone uh you know for who's listening for listening like and subscribe us and and uh good things will happen to you if you do and, yes uh, if you yes. share think the podcast of, think of the starving children in africa like and subscribe us <laughs> and if you share our podcast with 10 people, you will get laid. Yes. From at least one of yeah. those people, you just have to, you know, figure out which one it is. Go ahead. Yep. It has to be 10, though. All right. Not 11. 11 disqualifies you. Yep. has to be 10, exactly. <laughs> All, right. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night.